Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's The Wonky Show. Today, it's a special edition in conversation with Jeremy Miles, Minister for Education in the Welsh Government. It's all coming up. Welcome to The Wonky Show, your weekly way into this week's higher education, news, policy and analysis. I'm Wonky's Editor-in-Chief, Mark Leach, and today with a one-off interview, I'm joined by Jeremy Miles, Minister for Education and the Welsh Language in the Welsh Government. And it's a good time to be speaking to him. The Commission for Tertiary Education Research is slowly coming together. We'll find out what the Minister is planning to ask the new body to prioritise. And if you've not been following it, the Commission and accompanying legislation bring together further and higher education in a way that has attracted plenty of attention from those outside Wales as well. I'll ask Jeremy whether the rest of the UK should be taking note. And if we can draw any inferences about a potential future Labour government's moves on HE in Westminster. A late amendment to the Tertiary Education Research Bill in Wales brought in a condition of registration on supporting and promoting the welfare of universities' own staff and students, potentially a landmark addition. We'll talk about what's intended and what it means. On student finance, Wales has arguably put the rest of the UK to shame. In January, announcing an uplift of 9.4%, at least for undergraduates, compared to England's miserly 2.8% increase during a period of record inflation. The change reflects the linking of maintenance to the minimum wage, and we'll chat about the pressures on government finances that brings. And shortly after we recorded the interview, we got the bombshell news that Wales would not follow England into Plan 5 arrangements for student-loan repayments. Instead, it will stick to the 30-year repayment term. The Minister's statement criticised the UK government for regressive reforms, which will primarily benefit the highest earners. Let's listen to a clip of the announcement in the Senate. Though Wales' repayment system has historically been aligned to England's, my view is that the new English system is not a good deal for students. Uh, England's reforms benefit the highest earners and worsen the position for middle and lower earning graduates women are also disproportionately affected. I am clear that we certainly should not be asking teachers, nurses and social workers to pay more while the highest earners pay less. I am therefore announcing today that we will not move to the system adopted in England but will retain the current system. This means Welsh graduates will continue to repay loans under the 30-year repayment period rather than England's 40-year repayment period. I recognise the impact that the cost of living crisis can have on students and how worrying. The new legislation and the new commission bring big changes for higher education in Wales. As Jeremy wrote on Wonky last year, we are not only bringing together all of Wales's tertiary education and research, but we are putting our values and ambitions into law, from lifelong learning and global outlook to civic mission, continuous improvement, bilingualism and widening participation. Let's find out how it's all going. Well, I've been Education Minister now for coming up to a couple of years, and I guess... Um, 
there are very distinctive aspects to our education system in Wales. I guess the new curriculum is probably uh, the most distinctive aspect. We've got a new curriculum which is really focused on developing uh, literacy and numeracy standards and making sure that all our young people are confident, capable, compassionate citizens. Um, That's a school-based, obviously, initiative, but we're trying to look at the entire education system through that lens. Um, In terms of reform, obviously, we've just passed the uh, new legislation to establish the Commission for Tertiary Education and Research, so that will govern all post-16 education. It's a sort of national steward, if you like, for tertiary education. Um, And that's got a whole suite of uh, strategic duties on the face of the legislation, which encapsulate our vision for uh, higher education. Um, I've, I've said throughout, really, those duties aren't a constraint on the sector. They're meant to be a kind of license to innovate, if you like. Uh, I want to see a, a new, renewed commitment to lifelong learning, um, to widening participation, uh, to a strong sense of uh, civic mission, uh, but also uh, a kind of confident global outlook for all our institutions. Obviously, in Wales, we have the language, so we have Colleague Cymraeg Cenedlaethol, which works with all our uh, HE institutions to expand provision through the medium of Welsh and works in a very uh, kind of nimble, innovative way. So I think there are lots of things which make uh, HE in Wales pretty uh, distinctive, actually. Uh, what about your style? Would you say that you have a, a distinctive style as, as minister compared to your counterparts, in, particularly in Westminster? <laughs> well, I think that's probably for, for others to uh, to judge. Uh, you know, my, my basic approach with uh, our education system in Wales, we're a smaller country, so I think that's part of the context as well, of course. But we are able to work much more collaboratively together. So, you know, we can have I can have meetings with uh, all of the VCs together with myself in the same room, and we can have a very open, you know, challenging but collaborative set of discussions. And I, I really do think that makes... Uh, that sort of approach makes a big difference. And when you're bringing in big reforms, like we have uh, with the the establishment of the uh, commission, whether that's in HE or actually in FE or adult community learning, all the sectors who are impacted by it, we've been able to do that actually in a very, you know, partnership working really has been at the heart of it. And there've been some difficult things uh, to work through. Uh, but I think it's worked pretty well, actually. We've managed to wrestle with some of those challenges together just because we've had that sort of open, you know, respectful but challenging uh, relationship. But I, I just think that's the best way to operate, really. Hmm. I, I want to talk about the Commission in, in a bit, but on, sure. on that point about Vice-Chancellors and the relationship between between government and um, and the sector, how important do you think um, it's, it is for universities to be distinctive um, in that kind of wider national system that's coming together? Well, I think it is important, and uh, we'll come on to the commission, as you say, but you know the the vision behind it is of one sector, but with a diversity of providers uh, and I think we've got national goals, some of that is in the legislation, but each institution will contribute towards that in their own distinctive way and i I don't want that to change you know we've got a range of institutions that have different complementary strengths actually but they're different in terms of size mission arguably uh, certainly research capacity uh, widening access uh, capacity so they've each got a different role 
to play. And I guess when I speak to university leaders, I ask them to be you know, really clear, really focused about uh, the unique role that their particular institution can play in the tertiary landscape uh, and look at the, what particular contribution they can make. And I'm keen as minister you know, to recognise that range of different contributions uh, and work with them you know, to support their place in that landscape, if you like. Mm. And would you would you encourage them to work with other bits of the education system? For, I mean, one of the classic tension points has been between HE and FE, for example. Yeah. So actually, again, I don't, I don't want to keep referring to the legislation, but it's just you know to the extent that it reflects our vision, that's where you'll find it. So a lot of that is about removing the barriers to collaboration. Uh, you know, we've had historically FE funded through government channels and HE obviously through through HEFCO. And, you know, that is a boundary which is sometimes difficult to navigate and certainly sometimes operates as a bit of a, a, a you know, a grit in the machine, actually, and not in a helpful way. So I really do want to see much more collaboration. And we are seeing it, by the way, at the moment in Wales, which is very encouraging. But I want to see much more collaboration between HE uh, and FE, certainly, but actually also between different uh, different HE institutions. There's a lot more potential for us to be doing that as well. And I think that's a, a very positive prospect. Hmm. So the commission is, is now taking shape um, yeah. and it's going to be up and running properly soon. When, when, are you, when are you going to be writing your first formal letter and setting out your, your priorities for it? Yeah. So we've announced the new chair and uh, deputy chair. And last week, I also announced uh, my preferred candidate for uh, the chief executive. So there's a really good uh, blend of skills and experience uh, between those three individuals. And the interest in uh, board recruitment has been phenomenal. So there's some really good uh, uh, names that have come forward for that. So I'm, I'm, I'm really confident that in terms of the person, you know, the people, as it were, we've got a we'll have a very, very strong lineup. Uh, so when they're all in place we'll we'll have an established you know the commission will be established if you like it'll become operational in april 2024 and then after that there's a, a transition period as you'd obviously expect and so i'm working now on what that first uh, letter of strategic priorities will look at you know obviously it will reflect uh, a lot of our current priorities which have gone into establishing the commission and uh, setting the duties but uh, i'll be doing that after the after the commission is operational next year hmm. um on um widening access is, is one of the areas where where wales lags behind england and i, and I don't want to labor the the point about comparing different parts of of the uk as i say but but wales does lag on a lot of different measures of, of widening access and in and in um awarding and, and in grades um do you think that um the kind of the approach to regulation is going to is going to do enough to, to to start turning that around. Well, I mean, it's not all about regulation. There are other things which we can and are doing. I mean, I, I would just say though, just as context, I think uh, the trends are positive, even though there's more to do. So, over the last decade, for example, uh, the numbers in the two most deprived quintiles, if you like, have increased significantly, and the percentage gaps between lowest and highest quintiles have been closing but you know obviously there's more to do we've had fee and access plans in wales which is i guess the equivalent of access and participation plans over the border um, and one of the key one of the key commitments which the uh, commission is subject to uh, is to uh, widening participation but also retention uh, attainment and progression so there'll be a registration condition for all providers which they'll need to meet that's designed to be um you know, to, to impose fewer administrative burdens, if you like, and to focus more closely uh, on outcomes. So that's a core 
uh, strategic aim for the commission. But, you know, we've got a lot of other initiatives. So we've got the Seren Academy, which is focused on getting disadvantaged learners into uh, university. We've got the Reaching Wider program, which HEFCO runs for us. Um, but you'll have seen last week uh, that um, uh, I've increased educational maintenance allowance in Wales from £30 to £40 a week, because that's all about making sure people stay on in education, even in these you know most challenging financial times. So there's obviously more to do, but there's 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 an awful lot going on already. Mm. I mean, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, the, the, the maintenance offer is is a lot more generous um, than, than than the rest of the UK. Um, I guess the question is, you know, how long can that be maintained for, and why isn't it why isn't it translating yet into that kind of uh, improvement across access? Well, it is increasing, as I say, and the trends are are, are positive. So. You know, we are absolutely committed to making sure that we uh, have high levels of, uh, you know, progressive principles in our student finance system. Everyone gets some loan and many students get most of their funding through, sorry, grant. uh, And many students get most of their funding through grants. So that's that's a very positive landscape. Uh, For the 23-24 academic year, we've increased uh, maintenance support by, uh, you know, coming almost 10%. So, uh, I think that's a very significant uh, approach, very significantly distinctive approach. And as you will know, um, we've since the diamond reforms in Wales, we've uh, we've linked the value of our maintenance support to the national living wage, which is really positive. And obviously, that also applies to part-time students. So, you know, I'm absolutely committed to making sure that we continue being as progressive as possible. Um, you know, when England moved to Plan Five, actually as it happens, we weren't given enough uh, warning to be able to make a, an informed decision, if you like, in Wales on what that would mean for our students. But uh, I, I'm absolutely clear that is a regressive move. Uh, and I'm absolutely committed to making sure we can use our uh, the greater headroom, if you like, that we have in our RAB charge in Wales, because students in Wales um, leave university with less debt, uh, to use that headroom to make sure that the uh, arrangements we have are more progressive uh, and as progressive as possible. Hmm. And, and what about um, what about for institutions where um, obviously nine thousand um, pounds has been frozen, and so that everyone's facing inflationary pressures? Would you do something similar with the, or would you look to do something similar with the funding system to ease that at all? Well, I mean, you know, we've invested significantly in universities since we've reformed our student finance system, and particularly over the last few years during the you know, really acute pressures during COVID. Um, the, the fundamental challenge that we have uh, in Wales, as you will know, is the significant contribution to our HE sector of structural funds. So, um, obviously, the news in relation to Horizon uh, Europe Association is very, very positive, but the fundamental issue for us in Wales is that uh, structural funds haven't been refla- replaced. The UK government basically has broken its promise and failed to honour repeated promises, actually, uh, that uh, that we wouldn't be any worse off in that regard. So that's a very, very fundamental challenge. And, you know, we continue to do everything we can as a government uh, to make that case to the UK government. Hmm. Do you think that conversation will get easier if um, Labour win the next general election have power in Westminster? Well, it's always good to have politicians of the same political stripe as the Welsh government at the other end of the M4 that we approach <laughs> challenges from the same, you know, same same values, really. Because I think a lot of people are are wondering whether what you're doing in Wales is, you know, kind of a possible forebearer to um, uh, higher education policy or education policy more broadly in in well, particularly in England, but perhaps the rest of the UK, depending on on how well Labour do at next election. 
Well, you know, I've got really good relations with my uh, Labour counterparts in other parts of the UK. Uh, I, I'm in regular contact with uh, with Bridget, Bridget Phillipson, our Shadow Education Secretary in Westminster. Um, and as I say, you know, as Labour politicians, we approach... Uh, questions with the same values, from the same perspective, if you like. But you know, one of the one of the key uh, one of the key advantages of devolution, if you like, is that it's up for for politicians in each of the nations to apply their values to the challenges in those countries. So, uh, whilst we, I'm sure, will come at things from the same perspectives, whether the particular solutions are the same is a is a is a separate question, really. But that's you know that's great. That's one of the benefits of devolution. We can all learn from what's happening in other parts of the UK, particularly where you know there are there are governments of the same political colour in place. You can actually be inspired by what's happening elsewhere. Hmm. Well, I suspect people will be looking very closely at the at the model that's being implemented, particularly on the the ideas of a of a more tertiary system can you can, can you imagine something like that existing in england or are there there's too much too much historical baggage well i mean it's certainly something that I, that you know, as you will absolutely know you know pol- politicians of all uh, persuasions in england have seen the benefits of uh of, of that sort of approach uh, i i just think you know the conclusion we reached here in wales was that if you want to have a tertiary system which reflects obviously the needs of your learners but also the needs of your economy and more broadly than that your society then actually you know having that greater flexibility a much clearer focus on the learner uh, and on the contribution of your tertiary sector to innovation in the economy that's absolutely essential so you know i was really keen when i became minister that we would pass legislation not just which created the regulator but also put on the face of the legislation uh, our vision for tertiary education and i think you know I- i'm very pleased with how that's worked out so far hmm. and it brings me on to, to another area where there's um some interesting debates which is lifelong lifelong learning um and, and obviously there's a lifelong loan entitlement which is being developed um in england um what's your thinking about adult and lifelong learning in, in wales in particular and how, how it could possibly link up with that that scheme well, I mean, when I when I joined this, when I became, was first elected in 2016, I was banging on incessantly, if you like, about Wales being a nation of second chances in education, where it's never too late to learn. And now I've had the opportunity, really, as minister, to to uh, to make that a reality. So, you know, as in as in all parts of the uh, UK, there are some challenging trends to overcome, aren't there? So, uh, adult participation in learning has fallen right across the UK over the last 10 years or so. Um, and those who are most likely to benefit from it are those who are least likely to do so. So, you know, that's a pretty challenging set of circumstances for us all. But there's a new commission, a new duty on the commission. And in fact, it's the first duty to encourage, um, promote lifelong learning. We've, uh, we've, re- we've looked again at our funding for adult community learning in Wales over the last few years, distributed that more fairly, I guess you could say, uh, and increased the funding to reach those um, hardest to reach learners, you know, reflecting the the challenge that we have and we've also massively increased our in-work reskilling funding through the personal learning account so there's a lot going on already Um, and you could also say I think fairly that if you look at the diamond reforms uh, we're probably doing already some of which the lifelong learning entitlement is designed to do in particular and part-time and adult HE study in particular Um, but you know there is anything which moves in the direction of making uh, part-time HE financing uh, f- more flexible, more accessible is a 
good thing. Um, and, you know, I, the proposals in England, I think, are at a sort of slightly early stage at the moment, but I would be keen, uh, obviously, to work with the UK government to keep an eye on how that develops and to look at uh, how some of that approach could, you know, take further uh, the reforms you already have in place here in Wales. Hmm. Would, would you would you would you push a student loan company for changes? Would you go as far as that to to try and um, finagle the system to be more friendly towards you know a more, a more modular approach? Well, you know, we've, we've already seen a massive increase in in uh, part time learning here, in particular, obviously through, through the Open University. But uh, so so that that trend is already happening here in Wales, but. You know, as we look forward, we've got to always make sure that our um, post-16 uh, landscape in terms of skills, qualifications, reflects not just the needs of the economy, but how people uh, how people want to learn, how it fits their lifestyle. So there's a really important discussion, I think, about you know structure of qualifications and so on. Some of that's around the modular uh, the modular agenda. Um, but as I say, we you know we'll be keeping a very close eye on those uh, lifelong loan entitlement proposals. They're pretty high level, I think, at the moment. Um, but you know, if there are things that can benefit Wales in there as well, I'll, I'll certainly want to look at that. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to talk about housing because this is an issue for um, the whole of the UK and, and, and is particularly acute in in some cities. Um, it, it's 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 notable in Cardiff and Bangor in particular um, in terms of the student housing crisis um, in 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 Wales. Um, I know you you've said that universities should engage with local authorities and public services to to address you know issues across the board in in public policy. But but how is something as thorny like student housing? How is that going to be tackled? Yeah, well, we've got a number of uh engagements in this space already so we've got uh working groups which rent smart wales for example is leading in NUS wales is uh a member of that and provides a very important you know set of first-hand perspectives if you like i i've discussed this issue many many times with uh, NUS wales it's obviously an acute challenge um i'd like universities to be part of that uh, of those groupings as well and my officials are working with uh universities wales on how best that can happen because you know as you say there are some pretty uh pretty acute challenges at the moment uh, our perspective as a government is that everyone has a right to an affordable and a decent home um, and we're committing uh, to publishing a green paper on rent controls specifically um, and a white paper in relation to our proposals for a right to adequate housing and as part of that uh, you know co-development approach if you like NUS Wales for example is part of the stakeholder work uh, around that which is really really important um but you know as you were saying in your question it's really important that universities uh, work work together with uh, the private housing sector to make sure that uh you know the best possible use is made of all private housing um and university accommodation to support students and mm. um, what about just where when it goes wrong where there are just too many students and, and, and not enough beds whose responsibility is it to, to step in and, and and do something about that well as i say from our point of view what we are trying to do is make sure that the market works it is a market isn't it market works in a way which uh doesn't disadvantage uh students but it's a complex area and it's absolutely an area where parties need to work together which is why those you know making sure all those uh, all those voices are around the table is so is so critical to being able to move forward on this. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You, you talked about um, a, a students as citizen offer, um, yes. uh, and I know you're interested in the role that universities can play in, in nurturing students as, as active citizens. What does that What does that really look like? What does that mean, and, and how is that distinctive to to the, the Welsh education system? Yeah, so we've just talked about the lifelong learning agenda, which I I, I, I describe as a kind of citizen as student uh, offer, and then this is the flip side, really, the student as citizen offer, which is, you know, I started by talking about our curriculum, making sure all our young people leave school with the knowledge, skills, and experiences to be uh, ethical, informed uh, citizens. And this is about making sure those values exist in all parts of our education system. Obviously, it'll, it'll look very, very differently uh, in higher education, and it'll look very differently between uh, individual institutions. But I, I'd like to see, if you like, a sort of new social contract, really, between students, universities, and, and the nation, really. Um, and that will look different, as I say. But it's about making sure that as well as leaving university with an excellent academic education that students leave with you know employability skills entrepreneurial skills resilience experience of diverse communities in wales all of those extra experiences and skills which you know give you that ability to be a rounded citizen um, i think the commission will have a, an important role in implementing that um, but i've you know, certainly something i've been talking to institutions in wales i think it would be a great usp if you like for uh, the he sector in wales do you think the the willing universities yes i think they're very interested in it, actually i mean i think it looks differently in each institution as i say uh, but i think it's i think it's captured the imagination um, and i'm you know keen to work with them directly but also with the commission to uh, to make that a reality Hmm. Um, and in, late in the passage of the of the legislation, you you introduced a duty on on universities around around learner well being. What what are you trying to achieve with that? Um, actually, it's around learner welfare, so it's slightly more uh, it's slightly broader than uh, than well being. Um, yeah, you know, one of the one of my priorities as uh, as it is, I, I think, right across the world, uh, in light of what we've been living through most recently, in particular, is making sure that learner well-being is at the heart of all parts of our education system. It's absolutely critical, uh, obviously, for health and well-being, but also for successful outcomes. And it's obviously, I, you know, something that Wonky uh, talks about uh, a lot. Um, so, you know, the new reforms put that very much at the heart of. The regulatory environment that I think is the first legal duty of its kind in the UK uh, to make sure that uh, the, the promotion of the welfare of students and staff is at the heart of the uh, regulatory environment. And so 
the new commission will be setting out very clear expectations uh, for universities and colleges around their their policies and how they support students, both student and staff well-being and welfare, actually. Um, uh, and the critical thing, I think, is making sure that's delivered on the ground and that there's you know long-term monitoring and oversight of that as well. Uh, I think all institutions are you know wrestling with what more they can do to make sure that they're supporting students in this we, you know we've been able to provide some additional funding um, recently for through HEFCU to support institutions in uh, HE institutions in Wales but you know there's obviously it's obviously a very very live agenda and there's some very interesting work going on uh, in Wales as I'm sure there is elsewhere around how the university sector and the health service can work together to support challenges when they become at their most acute but but, uh, you know, it's that sort of innovation that we need to see, really. Yeah, yeah. So, so we talked quite a lot about Wales. Let's let's look a bit further afield. Tell us about um, tell us about TAFE. Ah, so TAFE, which is the Welsh TAFE, word. For, so I'm pol- apologies. Uh, yeah. That's okay. Uh, it's the Welsh word for for journey. Um, we're really pleased with it. So it's a it's a sixty five million pound uh, investment which we've made as a government. Obviously, uh, when the UK left uh, the European Union. Uh, the UK government chose to uh, withdraw us from Erasmus Plus. We thought that was a terrible idea. Uh, so we've established in Wales a uh, education exchange programme, um, which obviously has potential for HE, but also, and I think very excitingly, uh, for FE, for adult community learning, for youth services and for schools. So it's across the entire uh, education system from primary through to postgraduate. Uh, it's reciprocal, it's mutual, uh, it has a very wide international network, and I uh, I hope and expect that there'll be about 25,000 mobilities, uh, which we will be supporting over the course of the five or six years. And I think I was in actually I was in um, I was in Brussels at the end of last year talking to uh, some ambassadors in the member states, but also to uh, MEPs there, and it was it's been really positively uh, positively received. But you know the reach of it is is significantly beyond the European Union, so it's it's a very exciting development actually. Hmm. I'm, I'm interested in, in what your elevator pitch is for for Welsh higher education when you are out and about in, in the rest of the world. In the, you know, in, in how do you describe what's distinctive about it? Well, as I say, I think it's got a we've got a very clear uh, partnership approach to working as. Uh, uh, as institutions, a collaboration, high levels of collaboration between institutions and uh, other parts of the sector, and a really strong offer to students. And I think there's a very exciting opportunity for us to take that offer to the next stage with that idea of students as citizens. Hmm. And and when looking back at your time as as minister, uh, what you know, how would you, what would you what would you want people to say your legacy is as for for higher education, but education more more broadly. Well, uh, I'm not pr- probably at the stage of thinking of my legacy just yet, uh, Mark, but, you know, my uh, my single biggest commitment since the time I took on the role was to make sure that every single learner gets the best possible education experience, whatever their background is, closing that attainment gap at all stages of our education journey, giving excellence to each student, whatever their background is, is very, very much what motivates me. I'm, you know, I became interested in politics very much because of the, my own experience of education. I've seen it very much as the kind of golden thread, if you like, that has, uh, that has uh, bound my life together. It's given me fantastic opportunities. Uh, and I want every other uh, young person in Wales and anybody who comes to study, to, study in Wales to have uh, the, same, the same kind of opportunities.
So that was my interview with the Minister Jeremy Miles, recorded earlier this month. And given a subsequent announcement that Wales is sticking with the current student finance system, it's perhaps not surprising that we didn't get too much into the question of finances. You can read more about all of that and the latest developments on wonky.com. So that's about it for this week. Don't forget you can get the latest show automatically when it's out. Just search for The Wonky Show wherever you get your podcasts. And to find out about how we can keep you and your organisation ahead of everything that's going on in UKHE, do head to the website to find out more about our subscriptions. So thanks very much to Jeremy and his team at the Welsh Government and everyone that makes it happen behind the scenes. We'll be back next week with a regular show. Jim will be here. In the meantime, stay wonky. Stay wonky.